welcome to our pilot episode. Hello! This is Double Digested, a Riverdale recap podcast. Um, and I'm Rebecca. And I'm Jonathan. And we're just a couple of impossibly attractive 22-year-old high school sophomores. <laughs> yeah, sitting in, uh, sitting in a cupboard. Sitting in a cupboard, <laughs> entangled in, 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 a, in a murder plot, and just trying to... Just trying to make our way through life. Just trying to make our way through through Life with Archie, Life in Riverdale. Life on Netflix. So, we wanted to... Okay. We wanted to do this because as soon as we saw Riverdale, as soon as I saw it, people were, like, concurrently Snapchatting me, being like, this, 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 this. We are both really into the show, and we were familiar with the comics from when we were little as anyone of multiple generations, but it felt like something that we really suddenly became obsessed over really quickly. I will say that, like, I was waiting for a passport uh, to get renewed a couple years ago, and I was at the passport office, and when the news was first announced, this was... Okay, I know it because of my passport expiry date, so it was October 2014... And it was announced that CW was making, like, a sexy live-action Riverdale show. And I made, like, a BuzzFeed listicle while I was waiting for the passport, rank, <laughs> ranking um, every guy in the Archie Comics universe. That sounds like an apt response. So, like, I was, like, on it. Um, controversial choice. I think I put Kevin Keller at number one and okay. Jughead at two. And people were, like, people were, like, in the comments, like, very, because they're, like, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin is an OG. Yeah. Like, he's new. Yeah. And I was, like, but that's, you know, he's great. And in the, in, in the Archie comics, he's, like, a, he's, like, he's, like, a 18, he's, like, a 18-year-old veteran. Like, he's, he's, he's an activist. He's, yeah. like, he, he's a bit more, like, I don't know. Well, we'll see how they flesh him out in the show. I think my response initially was a little bit less, um, I don't even say intense, but a little bit more lazy. Um, I was with my family in our basement, and we were all yelling at each other, trying to figure out what to watch on Netflix, and then I found that there had been a Riverdale release, the first episode, like, the day before, so we just ended up settling on that. And none of my family liked it, but F them, because they don't have any taste. <laughs> and I hugged onto it like it was my parents, so. Oh, it's amazing. Also, um, okay, so speaking of the name of our podcast, which you came up with, Double Digested, mm-hmm. uh, I was in the drugstore before coming here, and I thought it would be, like, so, so much fun to bring in Archie comic and surprise you with it. And it said, you know, it had a little ad at the top for, yeah. like, Riverdale now on the CW. <laughs> um, and I, I want you to guess how much... Okay, full disclosure, we're in Canada. This is Canadian <laughs> prices. But, like, even so, I want you to guess how much an Archie comic costs. Now, in the year of our Lord 2017, I, like, haven't bought one in, easy, like, I don't, I'm 10 years, 12 years. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I ever actually, like, bought them for myself. Oh, but... no, I only read my sister's. Yep. Um, I would say it would be $9. You are exactly right. Really? You are. It was eight ninety nine. Wow. $8.99 Canadian. And I was like, I cannot justify this. Because I remember when yeah, they were, like, no. four bucks, and I, like, felt guilty that my parents were, like, spending $4 yeah. on an Archie Yeah, I don't buy, like, a shampoo that's more than $7, so an Archie comic is a lot. But I, I would still say that, like... Maybe in the future, just to see where the gang is in the comic book world, I'll indulge. I might like get a if if this if this has legs, like 
I'm getting a subscription. Like I'm yeah. having these, like I'm mailing in the little thing that you cut out. I'm like having them come in the mail. Yeah. Um, I'm doing like the special editions, the like zombie one, the one where it's like, what if Archie married whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Did, okay, also clarify, I remember this from a couple of years ago, but there was a big hullabaloo about how Archie ended up picking one of the girls. But then I think it was a dream, or then there, it was like an alternate okay, okay. It was that, like, do you remember last summer when the news was all like, Kermit and Miss Piggy broke up? Right. Like, and it was like this big, and it was just, just, just cruel and just why. Yeah, it yeah. It was just those two things, cruel and also and why. And also why. Um... Another thing you guys are going to come to realize as we go through this is Rebecca is a little bit more well-versed in the subject of the Archie world as it exists classically, and I'm sort of just like a bandwagon, which I feel like can be dangerous, but also offers us like a refreshing sort of intersection of how we're going to talk about this, because... We'll have everything down to the deep dives and throwbacks, and then also maybe the more shallow stuff that a more first-time listener slash watcher would I think part of the beauty of Riverdale is that, like, it's working for the longtime comic fans, and it is, like, working if you're coming in an infant with fresh eyes. Totally. New to Riverdale, like Veronica. Like, it is just, it's, it's great either way. Yeah. Um, okay, so should we get into the pilot episode? Yeah, let's. Um, oh, I also did just want to mention, I was going through, well, actually, no, you know what? Let's talk about the pilot. Let's talk about the pilot episode first and then we can go over some other stuff. Are after. you sure? Cause I don't want you to forget. That's also a valid point. So maybe I'll just jump into this right now. Um, I was looking into the series, uh, the series is IMDB and I found some interesting stuff. First, the way that the director, so the, the, the creator is the same guy behind Glee, not Ryan Murphy, but... Greg Berlanti. Ex- no, Roberto... Roberto Aguirre something. Aguirre Cicaz, I, oh something Spanish I, that'll we, embarrass no, we need to. we need to know how to say it. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google it. We're doing the phonetics. Um, <clears throat> I know that he did okay. l- Afterlife with Archie. Okay, he did that. He's actually pretty into the Archie universe. He's the chief creative officer of Archie Comics. Can you imagine being COO of, Ar- of Archie Comics? I know, but also just, like, that title, like, Chief Creative Officer is, like, my dreams. Yeah. That's, like, anyway. Oh, beautiful. So, okay, I'm gonna try to say this. It's Roberto Aguirre Sacasa. That's pretty good. And either that was super authentic or really racist, but... Um, have you ever had, I'm gonna also pronounce it wrong, the liquor ca- Cajacas. Ah, ca- 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 Cachaça. Oh. No, not Curacao. Oh, not- okay. <laughs> ca- Cachaças. It's I'm not fam- is that Brazilian like- and you use oh. it to make a caipirinha. Oh. And it tastes awful. <laughs> I feel like it tastes the way that the dark moments on this show feel when we watch them. Mm-hmm. It's like, it burns so good. <laughs> it's like a Dementor's kiss. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, so going back to the to Roberto... So when he first was exposed to the Archie world, he actually was writing a play. And by the Archie world, I mean like the Archie head office or the head office of Archie comic book world. He was writing a play that he, in which he used the characters from the Archie world Mm. and he got a cease and desist letter from the head office being like, these are your characters. You can't do it. And the play was actually being put on at McGill. He was a student there. Yes. Yes. Stop. For, for the listeners who are unfamiliar, Rebecca and I are both ex-McGill students. Well, alumni, that sounds a little bit less severe. But 
So he actually probably put this play on in a theater where we have been. That changes. It changes. Everything. I know. I, I almost dropped my phone on the subway when I heard well, it. Well, I think we should start like like just full on jacking like all kinds of intellectual property from the show, so we get a cease and desist <laughs> yeah, and can kind of like, like introduce ourselves. I like in the same it. Way. I like it. Um, yeah. So he got a cease and desist, and then he had to rewrite the play. Or, sorry, he kept the play the same, but he rewrote the names of the characters slightly mm-hmm. different. And then eventually, like, later on, he ended up becoming the... I mean, that's such a jump, but he ended up... That is phenomenal. It. Yeah. Okay. Let's dive right into it. Let's dive in. Show opens. We've got Jughead as the omniscient narrator. He's working on his novel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> his, like, questionable novel. I also love that they picked Cole Sprout. I mean, they couldn't pick Dylan. It had to have been Cole. It had to have been Cole. Oh, Dylan, Dylan isn't... The, D- Dylan is... Dylan's the ex-chubby one. I was about to say, like, what what character could Dylan even be? M- Moose? Like, not I was... Really yeah, no, like, yeah. not even Moose. Like, maybe, like, I don't know, like, the mayor... The mayor's a woman, though. Maybe it. Maybe it's like the the police sheriff. Dad. I want. I want them to bring in Sabrina because Sabrina, the teenage witch, is part right, of the Riverdale right. universe. Oh, um, and then he could just like be the voice of the cat. Oh yeah, he would make a great Salem. Like we don't have to see him as a as like an actor. We just hear his voice. Or he could play hot dog, Jughead's dog. Oh, who we another, haven't seen yet. You know what? We haven't even finished the series. Maybe they'll maybe they'll throw a curveball at us. I sure hope so. Um. So yeah, so we open, and <laughs> Cole Sprouse, a.k.a. Jughead, or maybe the other way around, is narrating the series. Yes. Thoughts? Uh, I like it. I, I like brooding, moody Jughead. <laughs> it is, like, so ridiculous. It's, it's, it's so It's absolutely funny. absurd. He, there's a line in this episode where he says something like, sardonic humor is my only way of relating to the world. It's so, like, it, like, it just made me picture straight and black bangs being swept to the side. It was so emo, but I, I love it. It really is emo Jughead. I, lo- I love how self-serious he is. I, like, really want to know. I want to ask him, like, who hurt you? Like, oh, I want to yeah. know his story. Oh, yeah. He has a complex story, and we're definitely going to open it up as this as this season goes along. Also, we don't get it right at the beginning, but later on, I do want to talk about his acting in that scene where Archie comes to him at Pops, because <laughs> I was, like, yeah. so drawn in. He was, like, pursing his lips, and kind of, like, he had all these, like, little Jughead affectations, yeah, yeah. and I just, I adored it. I'm really happy about it um one catch Mm -hmm. with his novel is like he should be changing the names oh yeah he's not he's like the summer jason blossom and it's like this can't this this violates all (laughs) these sorts but that's that's i'd like to see that get published i don't want to like tell like a young artistically inclined Mm -mm. teen like not to no you can't snub their dreams yeah um one cute thing, like, as soon as, like, I, I love the, how the mist in this show is everywhere, right? Because we start with these shots of Riverdale. We have right. Sweetwater River. Right. We have the mystery of the July 4th morning yeah. boat ride. But, like, you even see the mist, like, in the school. Like, yeah. It's, so... <laughs> it's like, at some point, you just start to ask, like, is there something in the ventilation? Or, like, mm-hmm. what's happening to these kids? Every room is really just kind of, like, gauzy, misty. It's yeah. beautiful. And, like, I know, so tell me yes or no. The Twin Peaks comparisons legit. Okay, I okay, it's certainly Twin Peaksy. Like something about like even when I think it's in the, the intro credits, it's like it zooms in to like the sign. Oh, the town, Riverdale, like, the, Riverdale the, the town with Pep. Yeah, it, it, like it shows you like the logo of Riverdale mm-hmm. over top of like a valley with a lake in the middle, and I was like, okay, this is literally like I can hear the theme song. Just like direct lifting. Yeah. Anyway, so um, Dilton 
Yes. Is leading a troop of Boy Scouts. Yes. Oh, I didn't even take that in. Yeah, it's I just, Dilton. I was, I was like, wow, cool extra. It's Dilton, so okay. that's exciting. Um, more of him. Of course, mm-hmm. that's what he's doing. Um, and they find the body. Yeah. This is really, like, full Laura Palmer, like, defining the town. Oh, it's very, yeah, it's very, like, calls back to other things. It it also apparently is, like, loosely inspired by Stand By Me. Sure. And, which I definitely saw, and, like, River's Edge, which I have not seen. Don't know what that is. Yeah, neither do I. But apparently <laughs> they were trying to hearken back to, like, well, I guess Moody Forest stuff, but also, like, dark Moody Forest stuff. They didn't want it to be, like too glee mm-hmm. They wanted it to have, like, I think they went around to different networks, and when, before it was picked up, they were like, there needs to be some sort of generic twist on this. And apparently, they looked at Pretty Little Liars for inspiration, yes. which was another thing we said. So, there's definitely a lot of, like, things mixing together, but it created a great product. Um, also, a quick thing I want to point out before we move on from his narration. So, mm-hmm. digging for clues, like, very a la Jughead, mm-hmm. um, when it showed his computer screen and, like, what he was typing, I paused and I looked to see if I could find anything. Nothing was interesting. Right. There was a folder called Summer Picks and, like, one <laughs> called Old Picks. So, like, okay. I don't know. And there was one for taxes, which was written. Okay, so, he, so we've established that he uses his computer like an elderly person. Yeah. <laughs> he labels his folders Old Picks, old Summer picks. picks, and Taxes. Mm-hmm. So. That's a great indicator. So it was a bit of a disappointment. Anyway, then we get we get to meet Betty, we get to meet Kevin, mm-hmm. and we get to meet, framed in a window frame, Archie Andrews and his body. Oh, yes. Archie Andrews' body. And they even openly... Like, it's so refreshing with this version, because everything that we're thinking as we see it, these characters are saying it. Yeah. So there's full-on, like, Kevin and Betty are literally just like, holy crap, like... What? And I was like, wow, you just said what I was thinking. Yeah, and they say, like, Archie got hot, which is, like, the the reason for this show to exist, frankly. Like, I bet they went into different studios and just said, like, what if yeah. also, Archie got hot? If you don't feel bad about yourself looking at Archie's body yet, consider that the actor that plays him is 19 years old. Right, so he was maybe 18 when they filmed the he pilot. He definitely 18. He looks like a male model. He's... New Zealand. Yeah, he, he's a Kiwi, so he's plucked from the other side of the world. Like, this kid <laughs> is literally, like, he's, like, a male lord. Like, he's just, like, someone who came out of no... Also, quick sidebar, I checked they did not go to the same high school, but they are from the same city. They're from Auckland. Um, and... Who and who? Lord and KJ Oh, like, Appa. literally Lord. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. I thought you were lord just, like, oh, uh, New Zealand and therefore. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, like, team lord, like, what, what else? Like, the, the lord. Are they the like, same age? You know, they probably are, which is very depressing. No, I haven't heard from Lord in so many years. Is she, like, 30 now? I don't I think, even... <laughs> I mean, she, I think she was 30 when she was 18. I re- Yeah. Um, sidebar from the sidebar, he is on the opening banner on his high school's website. KJ Appa's, like, front and center, which Good. they definitely set up after he of got course. this Of course. They're doing that APA formatting. <laughs> yeah, they definitely are. Um, so, bless him. Um, we have Kevin, who's introduced, like, right off the bat as, like, you gotta have... The cliche gay best friend. Yeah, he's, like, he's definitely the cliche gay best friend, but in a way that kind of, like, like, it acknowledges it. So, I, I don't know, I oh, feel like... the show outright the sh- acknowledges Oh, yeah, it. he said, I think someone, Cheryl calls him Cheryl the gay best friend or calls something. It, Cheryl does a lot of great calling out, and she call, well, we'll get to Cheryl. We'll get to Cheryl. We'll get to Cheryl, because she does some really amazing calling out. Um, also, one thing I wanted to say from the early end of the episode, was just being introduced to Betty's mom. Like, Betty's mom is probably 
my favorite character on the show so far. Her eyebrows <laughs> are arched so high, higher than her hairline. And this is a show, like, with a lot of very important eyebrows. Yeah, there is, so. this is, yeah, the eyebrow game is not lost on this show. Um, also, Shelly from Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's Shelly from Twin Peaks, that's true. She's, um, yeah, that's true, I didn't even consider that, she's in both worlds. She's, she's in both worlds. Um, we also have a twist do you want to talk about Miss Grundy? Oh, sure. So the twist with Miss just the the plot. The well. The okay, so the twist the twi- the twist is are we we're swearing on this right? Have oh, yeah. we already? This is the okay, internet. so yeah. the, the the twist is that Grundy is fuckable. Yeah, Grundy is fuckable and probably forty years younger than she is in the comic, which mm-hmm. is an interesting choice. But the more I got exposed to it, the more I was like, okay, I like where this is going. Right. Cause in the comics, she looks like an old version of olive oil, like Popeye's girlfriend. <laughs> like her nose like sticks straight out like Pinocchio. Yep. She does the full dress up to here with the little white collar, like all yeah. the way up to her chin. She looks like, yeah, she looks like a retired raggedy Andy or <laughs> Anne, I guess, but something, something along those lines. But now she's like what, 25, 30? I don't know. I feel like it's so hard to gauge the age of hot people in shows. Especially in this show where, like, Cole Sprouse is 24 and he's playing 15, but then KJ Atho's, like, actually a teen. Yeah, yeah. And it's all over the map. It, it is all over the map. But one thing we can rely on is a hot music teacher. So mm-hmm. we're introduced to this new Miss Grundy, who is also Archie's love interest. Or one of them, we should say. Right. Um, this doesn't get revealed until Cheryl Blossom at the assembly, though. No, it doesn't, when we catch them making eyes at each other. Right, but we can still talk about it, because it goes from her, like, teacher glasses to flashback Lolita glasses. Yeah. And they're doing a full reverse Lolita. Yeah. You it, know, this type of plot is, like, very inevitable in a teen soap, but very, like, of all of the plots besides Archie's music career, which is kind of tied up in Grundy, like, this is my least favorite plot. I I agree that it's... It's very, I mean, it's very cliche. Um, the whole show <laughs> is a huge camp fest. And, like, this is what I was telling my family after we watched. It's like, you have to look past it. This is a show based on a comic book. Stop saying it's poorly written or poorly acted. It is a show based on a comic book. Yep. So you're going to get these cliches. That being said, the relationship is something I could do without. But the character, I really like. I like that we have this sort of, like, minx mixed into it. Yeah, very self-serving. Oh, know. so manipulative. She is who I would be if I were on the show, except less sexually <laughs> successful. But no, because like Archie's, <laughs> like you know, he's a kid. He's traumatized. They overheard the gunshot. Plus, oh. he's like having this affair, and no, she's not talking to him. Yeah. Like you know, and then in the hallways, she's so like. She's very. I'm sorry, Mr. Andrews. Yes, yes. This woman is. I love when he calls her Geraldine. Like, yeah. That's what brings it. I know it really. That's like, and she's still old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Did you want to talk about Cheryl? I wanted to quickly talk about um. So the fact that like Kevin's at Betty's house while she's preying to go to pops with Archie, but apparently Kevin wasn't invited to yeah. go. That's fine. So she's there with Archie. Um, she says how her favorite thing about the summer was. Planning the Toni Morrison book launch, Yeah, yeah. Which is maybe my favorite line of the episode, because it is absurd. And then she's like, and you know, Toni Morrison said to me, Betty, blah, blah, blah. Like, I just really enjoyed that little detail. I like that she's part of the Archie yeah, universe. It's, it's very Betty. And then Veronica walks in in 
full into the woods black like, cape. Yeah. And that cape is really that maybe my favorite look of the first episode. It is very like over the top Veronica. It mm-hmm. looks like it's out of an episode of Gossip Girl. She walks in in like a wool, like cinched pea coat that looks like she got it straight from Bergdorf Goodman and she just wanders into this diner. What does she say? She said something like What's it? She said something about Truman Capote. She's like, I'm breakfast at Tiffany's, and this is all... This is in cold blood. Yeah, this is in cold blood. Right, so we're getting a lot of literary references just, like, jammed in there. Yeah. And notice the episodes are all titled, like, Chapter 1, Chapter 2. Yeah. They're bridging, like, the divide between comic book and literature. It's true. <laughs> they're, doing, they're doing a good job of that, and they're also really making sure that we're aware that their world is our world. Like, they straight up talk about HBO, they talk about Mad Men, there's more than one Betty Draper reference. Right, they have Fat Betty versus Thin Betty. (laughs) They don't even spell it out for you, they just say season five versus season one. I loved that. Like, that was really, that was really important. These guys are living it. I think they also talk about Magnolia, too. Like, the bakery, they bring it up. That's an episode two, but yes, they do. Um, Which is a very fun reference. Yeah, That's great for, yeah, every teen watching who's seen... Sex in the City. Yeah, or who, like, has been to New York once in their entire life. Yeah, you get the banana pudding. Right. It's superb. Yeah. Um, okay, so then they're back at school, first day of school, um, we have, like, Reggie and Moose, like, jockeying around mm-hmm, with Archie mm-hmm. in the halls. Um. The, the high school's very, like, classic all-American suburbia, like, public high school. Plus fog in the hallways. Plus, plus fog in the <laughs> plus hallways. Plus a gas leak. And Reggie Fallon, he kind of does some foreshadowing, because before we know about Grundy, um, he asks Archie that, like, tapping some cougar ass, which is kind of funny that we, like, see that, just that blends in as, like, normal bro speak, and then then it gets drawn into relief. (laughs) It gets developed. Reggie's smarter than we all think. Um, Another thing that we glided over, Pops is black, which is a very exciting switch up. So, Pops is black, um, Coach Clayton already was, Mr. Re- Weatherby is. Mr. Mr. Weatherby, I genuinely thought was RuPaul. Like, they looked so similar. <laughs> I was like, like, RuPaul out of drag, but I was like, this, like, RuPaul is playing the principal, like, this is so fun and progressive. But, yeah, with the bolo tie, it yeah. was great. I really like the bolo tie. That's an episode two, but fantastic. Yeah. And Reggie's yeah. Asian. Reggie's we Asian, Dilton's Asian. Hispanic uh, the, Veronica. The, the, the mayor and Josie, mother and daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, so, In fact, all the pussycats are black. Yes, and Hispanic Veronica, or Latina Veronica, so we have, they're, they're doing a lot. I There's, will say, personally, I feel like I wouldn't necessarily be welcome in Riverdale, because I feel like <laughs> there are no Jews No, I haven't Riverdale. seen a Jew as of yet. Mm-mm. I'm trying to think, I mean, there might be some incognito Jews Well, yeah, no, they haven't really done that, have they? I don't think it's, like, necessarily, like, a friendly space for us and that's fine but we'll also see so <laughs> we'll, we'll talk okay. about we'll talk about that later um <laughs> uh so then we have archie going to josie during rehearsal mm-hmm. kind of like coming in um very presumptuous yeah was he asking to sing with them i couldn't understand that i think he wanted i'm trying to remember it was so every was he... time archie speaks i kind of like look at him and don't really listen yeah to that's, that's another problem with the show is like i genuinely try to concentrate and take notes but when kj abba is like doing anything i'm literally just like in a coma um yeah it's a real problem that they're gonna need to address maybe some like creative shooting yeah like just like i don't don't blanket over him or something um but basically i forget if it's like asking them for advice or like saying hey like check out 
my lyrics or something. Yeah. Um, and she calls him Justin Gingerlake, <laughs> which is after Veronica calls him a redheaded Ansel Elgort. Yeah, so, I love like, that. I just love, there's so much female gaze and it's like so derogatory yeah. and it's and, so beautiful. And that is very reminiscent of Glee. I feel like Glee was all about making one character thoughtfully insult another. Yeah. I feel like that's one of the things I loved about it, and it is very present in this show. Uh, also, one more thing is when Kevin tells Veronica that Betty and Archie are endgame, um, mm-hmm. which is just, like, the, the characters on the show talk like they are watching and recapping the show. Like, yeah. That is, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so then there's the school assembly. We find out about Grundy. We see a lot of Cheryl Mm -hmm. being her beautiful, dramatic self. Who, Cheryl, and another sidebar, and again, I'm just going to talk about the character's appearance because that's why I'm here. Mm -hmm. Cheryl is a doll. Cheryl, I don't know who that actor is. I've never seen her before, but she looks constructed. Like, she looks like a plastic person. And I feel like they definitely did that intentionally. Like, her makeup is, like, flawless, and she looks inhuman. Yeah, especially because, like, I was watching a video on Entertainment Weekly, and it was, like, asking questions to all of the cast, and, mm-hmm. like, when she's not being Cheryl, she seems like a human being. Yeah, it's true. So, um, they definitely did it up. But ditto Jason, who is super creepy. So creepy. Like, and is the pep rally in episode one? It's in episode two. Okay, so This I'll has the, the Jason dance, though, so there right. are still big pictures and banners of him, just his effigy everywhere, those ruby red lips. Yeah, he looks like a weird, like, it's what I would imagine Michael Fassbender to look like while he was still in, like, a drama theater program before he got famous. You know, like, tall and lanky and really washed out. Yeah, because also before he got cut, because, like, the least believable thing is that Jason was, like, captain of the football team. Oh, I didn't believe it for a second. He looks like, like, he paints or something. Yeah, he's pretty twinky. Yeah, he's, well, let's just say he wasn't the worst loss to suffer. Mm-mm. No. Um, <laughs> so then we have, they're all eating lunch outside. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one line where Cheryl calls cheerleading eternal and iconic. <laughs> <laughs> I had yeah. to write down because that's amazing. And she does a crazy hair toss when they're like, oh, you're captain of, of the team. Mm-hmm. I mean, of the cheerleading squad, the River Vixens. Yeah. She also mentions Archie's Efron-esque emergence from the chrysalis of puberty. Yes. Although one thing about Archie's look that I will comment on that is not positive, and this is definitely just a KJ Apa thing, but like, he has a noticeable dent between his eyes. Oh, he has, like, the mark of the devil. Like, he has, like, this full little cross. It's very, like, Harry Potter. Like, Mm -hmm. I... It's it's good and it works for him, but I just want them to acknowledge it in the show so I can feel chill about it in real life. Because it's definitely not an Archie thing, but it needs to be an Archie thing. It's crazy that you said Harry Potter, because I literally wrote down that that is the show's Horcrux. Yeah. Oh. The show's Horcrux is embedded right between his eyes. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna find out in the end that, like, of anyone in the town who killed Jason Blossom, it was, like, Archie's scar. I really think this show should just go full Twin Peaks, reveal that, like, Archie, like, is the spirit of Jason. Oh, yeah. Jason, like, as soon as that, like, Jason just comes out of that scar. Like, I I don't know. I, mean, I don't wish that at all, because that would be <laughs> terrible. But I wouldn't be upset. This show's gonna definitely jump the shark, like, episode five. Yeah. <laughs> um, alright, so there's cheerleading tryouts, a very crucial scene. hmm Oh, yes. A very crucial scene, and especially when 
Cheryl, some of the things Cheryl was saying in that cheer tryout were absolutely bonkers. Like, mm-hmm. the way she was grilling Veronica and Betty. Weird, weird, bizarre. I love that it's so past the point of believability. Um, also, the kiss? Can we talk about the kiss? We need to talk about the kiss. Okay. That's definitely, like, the cent. For me, that's, like, that's the center of the episode. That's, the- like, the core thing being, like, oh... This is what our show is for good and for bad. Yeah. This is what we're doing. The thing about that kiss is, if it were a different show or a different creator or a different situation, I'd be like, okay, well, they're fetishizing women kissing. But then they made fun of it when Cheryl was like, that's stupid. What Cheryl are you doing? immediately calls it out. But I was also just like, well, then why is this in here? Like, exactly. who is this for? Because none of the people watching are going to be like, oh, they're kissing. But well, this is the show having its cake and eating it. Yeah. Because they're still true. doing that. And what that is, like, that is su- such fucking clear queer baiting. Yeah. Like, it's really queer. And it, I don't think it makes it better that Cheryl calls it out for queer baiting. Yeah. Um, also because, like, it's just tragic. Because, like, I'm on Tumblr later and there's just, like, a million yeah. blogs that have, you know, Betty and Veronica's endgame. And, like, to yeah. do that in episode one with full knowledge that they're never going to develop that as a relationship at any point in the show. Yeah. It's kind of... Maybe they did it because they felt they had to get it out of the way. Because they thought... Like, everyone it, was thinking yeah, it. Yeah, because they're going, they're, like, going way out of left field in so many other ways. Like, Camilla and Lily are hot. Yeah, it has like, to happen. Yeah. It's like, we have a gay guy and, like, a closeted gay guy, but we don't have... Betty and Veronica as lesbians. I will say, though, all of Josie's lyrics so far are, like, I know it's common to, like, for girls to cover songs that are, like, yeah. love songs towards women, but, like, all of her songs so far talk about, like, oh, her and in. she and love and her. So huh. we could see where Josie's going. That could going. be exciting. Um, last thing, Veronica wears a full neck of pearls with her gym clothes <laughs> throughout that cheerleading trial. Just, Just but, always reminding you that it's a that it's a comic. Oh, it's a cartoon. yeah, yeah. There's, and again, I don't know if this is episode one or two, but there's a scene where she's in a full body con dress with like a Birkin bag walking through the halls of her public high school. And I'm like, this is absolutely absurd. Like, if this happened in real life. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, also, so after Cheryl does that bonkers thing to Betty, and Betty, who's so pure and all that restraint, and she cracks the skin in the palm of her hand, mm-hmm. then Verona, like, comes back. It's so great. And it ends with her saying, yeah. like, I am the reckoning, which was yeah. just wild and beautiful. And, and at the end of the scene, when this was almost so cheesy, like, it like, made my brain die, but I also loved it at the same time. Veronica says, you wanted fire, but my specialty is ice. <laughs> I was like, I was like, this is, I can see a writer being like, let's make her say this. I will say, like Twin Peaks and David Lynch, like Hitchcock, this whole show is about just, like, very clear girl opposites. Mm-hmm. It's like, this one's blonde and wears pastels. This one is raven-haired and wears, like, blacks and like wine reds yes, like there it's yes. so clear and just the thing like the fire and the ice yeah. the this and the that it's, like it's always in episode two it's the chocolate milkshake and the vanilla like, yeah it's definitely like it's so clear cut it's like a parody of itself but i feel like that's why it's amazing. i like that yeah, i like that it's too. like just working at that level anyway so then um they're in their cute retro cheerleading outfits. They call Archie Teen Outlander mm-hmm. and decide to, like, go as a as a threesome 
to the dance. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's a very, like, exciting moment where we feel like the the friendship between Betty and Veronica could be lasting, which I feel like it likely will not. Or it'll it'll undergo it'll undergo some bumps in the road. But it was a nice refresh to have that, like, okay, right out of the gate, they're not going to hate each other, which was nice. I love what they're doing with Veronica. Like, Betty's fine, too. But we have, like, Veronica, it, they've just made her such a good character. Yeah, Veronica has come to life. She's carrying the show. She's, like... She really is. She, she's, a re- she's, like, reconciling differences. She's, she's like, looking great. She's making friends. She's knocking down the right people. Like, she's who we want at the helm of this ship. Yeah. She's... She's crucial. Yeah. All, all of it. Mm-hmm. Camila Mendez is just everything they're giving her and everything she's bringing to it is really working for this character. Mm-hmm. And Betty's fine, too. Yeah. Be- Betty is <laughs> um, satisfactory, I would say. Right. So after this, right, we have Betty doing that lip sync in her room. Yeah. Which is very, like, cute, innocent teen. Your fa- your favorite character comes in. Yes, she and does. Stops the fun. She okay. Becky's mom is an absolute witch in the best way. The way that I want every witch to be. I like that you just called her Becky, and she is a Becky. So <laughs> yeah. it's fine. Yep, yep. She she's with the good hair. Um. Yeah. So her mom is crazy. Her mom is like, "Here's your Adderall. Those blossoms are witches. The lodges are gonna." They don't care about you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, you like just being. You know who I realized that character is. Speaking of witches, because you're yeah. right, she is um, Mother Gothel from Tangled. Oh, I haven't seen it. Okay, so in Tang, we gotta see Tangled. Okay. In Tangled, the whole thing is about like passive aggressive mommy dearest, like mother daughter relationships, okay. and the whole thing is she's all like, "Oh, everyone's gonna hate you if you leave the tower. Like, you think you're so great. Like, only I can give you the support you need. Like, it's mm-hmm. that full." Right. Toxic mommy, best best kind. Okay, okay, I see. Yeah, no, she's definitely like an archetype. And then Betty's like, "Well, I'm gonna buy a dress," and she <laughs> she goes. So she and she does already. Veronica is just transforming her life. Yeah, yeah. So that's good. Um, and then and then the dance. Did we talk? Did we miss Moose and Kevin, or has that not happened yet? Their first exchange when Kevin tells Betty that he's. <laughs> What did he He has the appendix. Oh, His name is at the Moose. Dance. Okay, okay. Uh, so they get to the dance. Great shot of Archie walking in arm in arm with his yeah. girl. Yes. And and <laughs> Kevin comes running out of the bathroom, pulls Betty aside, and mm-hmm. says, something, something, his name is Moose, but I can assure you he has the appendage of a horse. Which, a Moose's would be large. Yeah, I was thinking about that, and I was like, you could have just said his his appendage matches his name. Or... But what? I guess horse-like appendage is, like, already such a common phrase, yeah, apparently. <laughs> you just had to use it. But I feel yeah. like it was definitely... I feel like it was nice because I thought when I saw it that they were going to introduce another, like, character who wasn't central to the story to be his, like, boyfriend or his right. love interest. And then we find out that, no, they've taken an existing character They're and news. closeted him, which is so exciting. Very exciting. Also because Moose's two main traits in the comics were both problematic. It was mm-hmm. one, he's like, he's like Forrest Gump dumb. Like, yeah, dumb, dumb, really dumb, dumb. Which would have been, like, an awkward thing on screen. And two, he's like a very abusive, jealous boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. So, we'll have to see. Have we been introduced to Midge yet? No, but okay. in episode two, they say, like, they remember say Midge? Yeah, okay. So, we're girlfriend. gonna meet a Midge. So, maybe mm-hmm. she'll be a beard or something. Um, she, yeah, I, oh, poor Midge. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um. Well, her name is Midge. Also, so. Veronica. 
Two great lines before they even get to the dance floor. First, she walks into a school dance in a gymnasium and says, well, it's not the Met Ball. <laughs> Which I'm going to say every house party I go to from now on, I'm just going to yeah. waltz in. And say, also, like, we get that you're, like, a status symbol or you're rich or whatever, but, like, the Met Ball is very elite. Like, as, like, a grade 11 from New York, you have not been to the Met Ball. Like, you've seen photos. But they also do talk about how, like, page six, like, all the society pages have been, like, writing nasty things about this her and her true. mom. Her dad so. is a pretty high-profile guy. And then also, she goes on a little rant saying, can't we relieve ourselves, or can't we free ourselves from this tired dichotomy of jock and artist and, yeah. like, this and that? And I'm like, Veronica is, like, bringing it. I can't say bringing the fire, because she's bringing the ice. Yes. She's bringing <laughs> the cold facts in <laughs> yeah. cold blood yeah, she's- episode She's tearing shit up. And I also think that it's worth mentioning that being the child of a man named Hiram and a woman named Hermione, we should be very fortunate that her name is as normal as Veronica. Like, it could have been something absolutely crazy. It could have been Hedwig? It could have been, like, Hedwig, or it could have been, like, herpes, or something weird (laughs) in age. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, we settled on Veronica, so we're lucky there. Archie's wearing a really cute floppy bow tie that made him look yeah, like full-on I, 1940s Archie comic. I like that. Yeah, that was very OG Archie. That mm-hmm. was a throwback. Um, he approaches Miss Grundy. Um, poor poor kid. I don't know why he can't just find a different music t- teacher. Like, yeah. if he wants one so badly. It's also, like, it, he's very insistent the whole time. Like, we need to talk about music. And she's like, only music. He's like, okay, music. No, is music... <laughs> As his interest, a thing that's in the comics as well? No. Like, there is the fact that they're all in a band called the Archies. Right. But he's never, like, brooding about it. Like, is it just it, every, is like... Is it ever, like, his life passion? No. But, okay. like, every, like, he... Archie, like, has no life passion. <laughs> but, like, every 40th comic, there'll be one where it's, like, oh, we have a gig tonight. And, like, Cheryl and Jason are trying to, like, shut us down. Huh. I see. Well, then, that's, it's interesting, because they've definitely made some changes in that way. Like, Mm -hmm. they've diversified, they've given Archie better interest, they've introduced gay characters, so they are updating the show for a more modern world, but they're also keeping the classics, like, we've still got our pops, we've still got our classic Betty Veronica, like, split, it's, I feel like they've, they've modified it in the most suitable way for now. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, we'll see where it goes. We'll see, like, I think it's just going to go further and further away, and that's fine, but keep, like, sprinkling in yeah. little touchstones. Yeah. Um. So then they go to Blossom's, Cheryl Blossom's after party mm-hmm. at their, in the, I, I love how it's, like, a Tudor mansion, and they're all in this, like, really well-lit, like, hunting lodge style yeah. room. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course I, she lives in a house like that. They're doing, they're doing spin the bottle. Um, and... Of course, the bottle should land on Archie, or does it land on... It lands between Betty and Veronica, oh, split in the middle, split and she calls Archie. it for Veronica. Oh, right. this is for seven minutes in heaven, sorry. Yeah. They're using a bottle to determine it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just, like, mixing all their teen games. <laughs> I don't know. I clearly was not invited to enough, like, after parties. <laughs> I also have, like... I feel like in any scene in a classic show where there's, like, teenagers at a party, they play seven minutes in heaven or spin the bottle. I don't think I experienced that once growing up. I did, but it was, like, grade eight. Like, I think post, like, once I I was in high school, we did it. Like, why aren't they playing, like, Flip Cup or something? They're, like, they're... Oh, because it's it's the Blossom, it's the Blossom, it's the Blossom Manor. (laughs) It's it's Riverdale. It's Riverdale, darling. Um, And, of course, it lands, it goes, or it lands between them. Cheryl picks Veronica because she, 
has it in for Betty, as it's quite clear. Right, and she sets up this, like, dumb thing where it's house rules that if Veronica doesn't go in with Archie, Cheryl will. Mm -hmm. Now, tell me if you would do this. If I was Veronica, I would just let Cheryl do it, so as not to potentially ruin things with my new best friend. Yeah, I agree. I would, like... Because they could just both hate on Cheryl if Cheryl tries to pull anything with Archie. Yeah, also, like... At this point, we have not seen any interest from Archie in Cheryl, so I feel like it's a pretty safe bet. Like, I'm pretty sure most people in their group acknowledge that Cheryl is psycho. Yeah. But Veronica takes one for the team, for herself, and goes into the closet with Archie, and lo and behold, they end up making out. Yep. Definitely don't make it to seven minutes. No, it's oh, like, no, it's a crisp 30 seconds. Yeah, but... it's, like, pretty, pretty quick. Yeah. So, th- that happens, which, like, the one time Veronica drops the ball, mm-hmm. um, but it had to happen. Nobody's yeah, perfect. Exactly. Um, and then... And then it create. So then Betty and Veronica have this weird, very short rift. Veronica... Oh, but that's the next episode. Oh, okay. So we could table it. I don't think they even see each other for the rest of this episode. Right. Um, Veronica's just home with her mom, and she's, like, screwed it all up. Um, and then... Oh, it cuts to the Archie scene. goes to Jughead first. Okay. And this is probably my favorite scene in the episode. Yes. I just really like... I love the moody lighting at Pops, like, always. I As we talked about at the beginning, I love that, like, weirdo Jughead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I just like all of the tension between them, their lost friendship, what yeah. happened. And when Jughead finally pulls that, like, oh, you really should, like, talk to her. It would have gone a long way with me. That was, like... Yeah, I, I wonder if we're going to get into more about why they... I guess he was just, like, isolating Jughead. But I, I wondered if there was, like, a cool flashback backstory we'll get one again to, like, I want them to fight. I want them to fight. Yeah. I want Cole Sprouse and KJ Appa to fight. To just, like, get it. it yeah. I want full. We've already had. Yeah. No, that's. Yeah. yeah no fights. Ep- no fist fights episode one. Now, what is no CW's fist. policy on fights? Will we um, see blood? Will we see broken bones? Hmm. We have death. I will say, like, I do watch more eye zombie than I care to admit. Okay. And there's, like plenty of blood okay, on iZombie. Just and good to know CW. that it's, it could be in the works. Oh, iZombie's like, you're, okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he does that. We find out that Jason's water polo team was called the Aquaholics, which oh I think God, is I cute. Um, and then <laughs> Archie like goes a- to Betty. Um, the Cooper house looks a lot like Laura Palmer's house from Twin yeah, Peaks. Not does. to bring it back again. It I kept thinking about that. Like, the whole thing is Twin Peaks. We get that beautiful scene outside the house where, where like, Archie... Okay, well, let's first let's let's talk about the things with that scene that we like, and then we'll rip on it. I just like that, like, I have so been the Betty there. That is so what being 15, like, is. I yeah. know these, like, grown, beautiful adults, like, aren't convincing 100% of the time, but, like, Betty in that moment was very convincing, I, I felt, for her. Okay, I felt bad for Betty for a quick second. I will say, my opinion on Betty is she needs to grow up. She needs to get it together. She mm-hmm. is... What an eighteen-year-old acting like an eight-year-old. Like something is up. The fact that Becky cannot, <laughs> no, the fact that Betty sl- cannot stand up to her high-arched eyebrow mother mm-hmm. is crazy. Well, something's going to happen. Like she, she will needs snap. to snap. She needs. There needs to be hair pulling. I want to see earrings out. Like again, like cash me outside. How about that? You know, like, she's going to go full. How about that? She, she will go full. How about that? And when she's she does, we'll be there for her. But this scene grinding my gears a bit. It was very, like, mm-hmm, Archie. And then, Archie, Archie's line that he delivers is, what, it's not me, it's you, something like that? It's like... It's... The problem is, I'm, you're you're perfect. You're perfect. <laughs> I'm not good enough for you, Betty. 
Like, that's his, like, could you think of a more, I don't know, that was, I mean, I guess that's, that's exactly what Betty needs as mm-hmm. Betty, but we don't need that, and he doesn't need that. He could say something much he better. He fucking sucks. And actually, <laughs> damn it, Betty needs to know that he's hooking up with Miss Grundy. That is when I will be, I'll be there for Betty when she tears a bitch up. Yeah, also if they're, be- like, also they're best friends, they make it clear that she's protective of him, so yeah. for this to be happening, I don't know. Like, just be honest, Archie. If you're gonna say something that cliche, you may as well be like, mm, I can't because this. Anyway, then we have Kevin and Moose at the river. Yes, then we catch them outside. Yeah, that. but... Uh... And I one thing that I thought that was super interesting about this was Kevin says, what do you want to do? And Moose says, anything but kiss. Yeah. Which I feel like is so, like, it's such a refreshing thing to hear in a script because it's literally, like, any gay hookup with one straight guy and one gay guy, that is always a thing. It's like, if, like, if Moose had a grinder profile, it would say, like, <laughs> mask for mask. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, like, his, like, opening message on Tinder grinder would be like, ha hey, I have a girlfriend. I haven't done this before. Ha just looking around, you know? Yeah. And they totally, that's Mo- like... That's how Moose should sound, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Moose is... <laughs> speaking in two complete sentences. Like, they need just less less verbs, more yeah. nouns. But, uh, yeah, I was like, this is this is really real. And then, of course, we don't even get to see them hook up. Of course. They stumble upon the body of poor, well, rightfully deserved Jason Blossom. A hole in his head a la Archie's weird birthmark. Yeah. Yeah, yeah honestly, I saw a ginger with a dent in his head, and I thought it was Archie. Yeah. Turns out to be Jason with a bullet. Wow, parallels. So... Mm-hmm whole town is back at the river the next day police tape back to Jughead's yes. voiceover back to his voiceover and uh of course we get a slow pan out while Jughead says mysterious it's very like I mean it's very everything it reminded me of Desperate Housewives too it's like oh yeah it's like a high budget soap which is to be honest what we all need like yeah, that is the best yeah it's absolutely what we want from it yeah and that's that's Riverdale a town yeah. a town of many secrets yeah do you want to do you want to do a power ranking for the characters yeah, so how, um, should we, like, draft them? I think we should draft them. You want to draft them? Yeah. Okay. You can take first draft. Okay. I would say, okay, so let's first see who we're including in this. We've got Veronica, Betty, Archie Moose, Miss Grundy, Jughead. Cheryl Blossom, and Jughead. I feel like that's a good roundup. That's, no, oh, and, um, parents. The parents Ugh. we see. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, okay, so first let me say at the bottom of this, for me, is Betty. Oh, you're drafting from the bottom? Yeah, I, like, Betty is the okay. worst. I'm not in it for her. Whoa. I think she needs to grow up. I think she needs to stand up for herself. I think she needs to tear a bitch up. After Betty, close second Archie's dad. Don't care. Like, boo-hoo, Dude, your son's not, not going to take your care. business. Like, I could care less. Right? Okay. Then I would say maybe Kevin. Like, Kevin was being an asshole this episode. And, like, as as domineering as he was, and, like, he got a handle on his thing with Moose, like... Be nice. Like, I feel like he was just, like, shutting him down to shut him down, and then he'd run to Betty and be like, I'm not gonna go for that one. Like, fully you are. Yeah. I don't know. Like... Um, I would put... I'd put Grundy next. Kisses Really? I think... Okay, Grundy... Okay, I agree. Grundy is a devil. But I think she is one of the most powerful characters. But I was gonna say, in terms of villains, like, I am putting her in terms of just being a compelling villain. Like... To me, she is below Betty's mom, and she's below Cheryl. No, I I would say she's high up. I would say she's top three, at least. Are you serious? Yeah, I think she that. Oh, 
Am I, I don't know, I can't melding the episodes together, but the scene where she's talking about, like, where they're in the music Oh, that's up too. Okay. That's, yeah, we'll no, because that changed. <laughs> um, okay, let's just do now, let's do our top threes. Okay, top threes. My tri- my power trifecta mm. is, oh man, Stop. I'm doing, it's all brunettes, I'm saying it's Veronica Jughead Josie. Okay, I'm going to disagree with you, sort of. Okay. I will throw Veronica into mine, because let's be honest, she is the strong female character that we all need. But I would also throw in a splash of Betty's mom, because I am sorry, <laughs> but Betty's mom is so unapologetically awful that I, she just needs to be up there. And then, who else do I like? Honestly, I like Pops. I didn't think he got enough airtime, and I feel like we'll get more into him, but he's very sweet, and like, yeah, he's not we get like literally almost none of him, but yeah. But I feel like, even from the shots that we see him in the back, like, he's holding this town together. He's the glue of Riverdale. Yeah, oh, clearly. That's, I will also say, um, I really like Veronica's mom and I like their relationship. Yeah, that's true. Except I'm having trouble because they look like sisters. Yeah, well, yeah, I was thinking, like, her (laughs) mom has, especially because, like, knowing what, um, Betty's mom looked like just in Twin Peaks, it is a little jarring. She does look very done. Yeah, and she also, yeah, she was like, she looked like, she was a young brunette child there, and now she's, like, like I said, like, Bleach blonde hair, eyebrows up, heels on, like, Betty, listen to me, you know? Also, have you noticed no one in Riverdale has just, like, like, you either have, like, black hair, blonde hair, ginger. Yeah. They there are no people just, like, brown brown, no, but like, I messy feel like brown. that is perfect. That is, like, they capture the comic book aesthetic in a show exactly. perfectly. And although I will say it is obvious that KJ Abba is not a redhead. Mm-hmm. They did it in a way where I'm okay with that. Oh, for sure. Like, I feel like they left the eyebrows black because they knew that we weren't going to buy it anyway. And they didn't try to force it on I, us. like, thought I was going to be bothered by it, and I'm so not. Yeah. I also, love it. if you creep his Instagram, like, he's keeping the hair. Yeah. Which I love. Yeah, well, that's, like, a full Emma Stone. Yeah. Emma Stone's, like, a blonde or Classic. something. Um, okay, so we've done our rankings. Um, as of right now, who do you think killed Jason? Ooh, heavy question, heavy question. Who killed Jason Blossom? Well, I would say with a bullet in his head, I okay, I'm gonna just say that it's someone we wouldn't expect. I'm my, okay, my crazy theory is that it's I'm trying to remember who's in episode one and episode two. Right. I would say it's someone small who we have I it's Midge. It's Midge. <laughs> it's Midge. It's someone we Money haven't Midge. seen yet. She's it's like her she has a wild side and we don't know who she is but I'm sure it was her okay okay I want to say don't know why yet I want to say it's um Veronica's dad it's I'm saying Hiram Lodge wow right because we get the money bag did did he do it or did he hire someone um did he hire him someone oh I think he hired I think he had Smithers do it the butler did it that's an interesting but he did it to like protect family. Sure, something. there's something going Jason on there. Jason knew something. Right? The Coopers are involved. Archie's dad, the fact that it's a construction company, like, will come into play. Yeah. Like, Mr. Lodgen's property. Oh, and something is buried under something. Something is being burned to the ground. Oh, yeah. <laughs> before and, the season's out. And also, we didn't really touch on this, but the bag, the bag of money. Sure, it's the money bag. We, we still don't know what's up with that, right? Mm-mm. And and that would reinforce your theory. And Hermione, like, really doesn't want trouble. She saw it and she was like, oh, Hiram, what have you done? Yeah, no, she's a stable lady. She's looking for a job. Mm-hmm. She's, like, supporting her kid. She's living her life. She really is. So I hope that works out. And finally, um, we want to get this out there. 
Are you Betty or Veronica? Oh, gosh. This is a classic question. I feel like, listeners, you need to tweet us, and we'll give you our handle at the end, and this is something we need to discuss in depth. Are you guys a Betty or a Veronica? For me, it's tough because I see things in them that I hate that I know <laughs> I also have, and then I see things in them that I like that I wish were like me. Yeah. I would say I am a combination of some bad qualities in both of them. Yeah. I would say I have... Betty's dependency and her inability. You don't mean to... drug Adderall dependency. Oh, you mean, like, I mean bo- dependability. Uh, both, of course. Yeah. <laughs> All her drugs. No. Betty's, I would say I'm the type to cry on a sidewalk and ask someone to do something for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also kind of like a self-absorbed, like, power-hungry bitch, too, you know? Like, I'm, I'm the worst of both worlds. You're like storming into town yeah. and everyone is turning their heads yeah. but who if, is that but if I'm being real like I'm probably more of a Betty which is sad because I definitely want to be a Veronica like I feel like my 2017 New Year's resolution will be to be more of a Veronica I mean like ultimately Cheryl Blossom is like when I know I've made it but I'm <laughs> yeah. gonna be realistic I'm not gonna shoot for the stars I'll shoot for the skies and I would say Veronica's where I need to be Betty's where I'm at like maybe I'm a Grundy but I'm really just a Betty yeah I remember, so when, I think summer before, I think summer 2004, before going to camp, the big thing was Betty and Veronica shirts. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, yes, Who are you? I remember those. Um, And I had, first for my birthday, I got a t-shirt pink Betty, and I was really disappointed, Mm -hmm. because I liked Veronica. And then I realized that that is how my family saw me. I was dead, and I remember like having like I was very upset about getting Betty, and then I was like, "Oh, that is how I present." Yes. Um, I feel like there's a Veronica within me. I always liked her in the comics because she's like scheming. She does what she wants. She's mm-hmm. very like I, I don't know. She's she's out there. Yeah. Um, and then so then they corrected it, and by Hanukkah, I had a long sleeve Veronica of blue course, shirt. Of course, um, they saw you. They found you crying <laughs> and burning the shirt. Um, so I want to say I'm still, you know, because with the like, I was very much the girl in high school who was like doing every school club yeah. and like being like on the ball. Yeah. Um, so I want to say like, and in recent years, there's been more. So I want to say I'm like. Like a Betty, like a cusp Veronica, or like a Betty Veronica Rising. Right. Yeah, no, I, I think, I feel like most of the people we know are probably Bettys. I mean, we'd be lucky to know a Veronica. That's what I think. It's like most people we know who say they're not Ravenclaws, it's like, okay, even like if within our group, yeah. you're more this or more that, like, we're all kind of Ravenclaws. It's, like, yeah, and it's also like one of those things where like, if everyone was a Veronica, like the world would be a horrible place. Like, there can't be... Everyone can't be a Veronica. I'm gonna be honest, though. Like, and this is... I know this Veronica's awesome, but, like, um, the new cabinet, like, the White House right now is kind of, like, all Veronica's. It is, it is. Yeah, no, I would say... (laughs) So that's what happens The federal government in the States is really what... Yeah. What we saw was a shift from a Betty to a Veronica. And I'm not saying that, well, in this context, Veronica's bad, but... We need a balance. You know? Yeah, I think Justin Trudeau's Jason Blossom. <laughs> oh, he, yeah, he like is creepy. A bullet in his head, yeah. body in the river, Jason yeah. Blossom. Um, okay, so now that we got our Betty's and Veronica's out of the way, we got the episode out of the way. Mm-hmm. T- Twitter handle, where to find us? Yes, yeah. So if you guys want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow us at Riverdale Recap. Um, 
and we'll be posting stuff up and feel free to ask us any questions or tell us anything you want us to discuss on the show or write just us a review write us a review yeah uh and that's all do we have a sign sign off yet um no sign off yet i can't even like think <laughs> of a line well, right? i'm of, trying to think of a line okay you know what i'm just gonna our sign off will be our favorite line from the show and for this one i will say uh anything no that's a bad line you you want fire? What? <laughs> deliver the line. Rebecca. No, no, no. You deliver your line. I'm. Um. The line that we're signing off with is: "You wanted fire, but my specialty's ice." I love it. Mine is just gonna be cheerleading is eternal and iconic. See you guys next week. <laughs>